Good evening, everyone. Good? Okay. Good. Now, I'm just going to say something first. I've heard recently that when you started to preach, you must get your own preaching style. And I've seen Brother Adrian Dominguez, if you were here, the missions come. He was all, always moving around and stuff like that. And I thought, wow, that must be hard to learn that. But I see now why I do that. Because if you stand here behind this pulpit and you're that short like me and him, the church seems empty. <laughs> and now I can see there's actually more people here tonight. But nonetheless, if you can't see me, tell me, then I will try to move a little bit. <laughs> but just listen to my voice. Don't look at me. Now, I'm first going to start off with a fact. The fact is, there are more people alive today than had ever lived. Now, that's quite a big statement, but go back and Google it tonight and you'll find that I'm speaking false. I'm not speaking the truth. Because if you see how they calculated it, they calculated it from 50,000 before Christ. Now, obviously, if you believe the Bible, that's not true. That's not how old the earth is. But if you really go and start off where the earth really started and go, look, there, is, there, are, there are more people alive today than had ever lived. Now the rate, I mean, uh, just I've recently, when I preached a sermon, I told you every time throughout the week I pray and God must show me why I need to preach this sermon. Well, it already started last week when Francois preached and we started to say the, the death rate of people is 1.8. And now I've already had that in my mind. I've already researched that because I wanted to tell you this tonight as well. But the rate of people be born is four people per second. So every second goes away, four people get born, but every second, almost two people. That's why it's 1.8. <laughs> almost two people die. Maybe they want to die and then only the next second they die. Maybe that's why it's 1.8. <laughs> but that's quite a big rate to see every second oh, four people get born. And then, well, another sad thing is Every second, two people die. And, well, you can go and look that up. It's a live world statistic. You can just see the numbers just ticking over. And it's actually scary to see. And then you can go on. There's a lot of things you can see. How many people die of cancer today? And then it constantly ticks over. And then the worst thing is how many people smoke a cigarette per day. And I've looked that up about 3 o'clock in the day. And they start counting from 6, I think. Then it was already almost 8 billion cigarettes. And that thing is just running. That, that, one, that one was the faster that's counting. But nonetheless, there are more people alive today than had ever lived. Now, we will go to that statement now. But then I went further on and searched some Bible-believing churches, the statistics of them. And this year, it is the lowest attendance in 30 years now. That has been the lowest attendance. The attendance decreased every year by 3% for Bible-believing churches now. Not all around churches, but Bible-believing focus now. That's around about 100,000 less per year of people attending Bible-believing churches. Then the baptisms decreased by people getting baptized. That means people getting saved and then after that baptized. Decreased all, also by 3%. That's kind of swaying me to the 3% that doesn't attend anymore. They don't go out witnessing and so forth. And it's almost the same as not many people get baptized anymore. Then also another one was the church-type missions. The, the focus of missions decreased by 6.6% per year. Now, 6.6 might not seem that much, but if you look in a broad sense, it's quite a lot to see that it decreased every year by that and to think that the, there's four people born every second. So the people are getting more, but the Bible-believing churches or, let's say, people are decreasing. Then I read an article about what does... 
independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, hardcore preaching, whatever you want to call it, Bible-believing churches, what it's all about. But this site was about to um, criticize it. And they said the problems with a Bible-believing, well, IFB, that's what they, the acronym, um, Independent Fundamental Bible-Believing Churches, and the site is actually criticizing um, the church to say what's wrong with them. Well, it was quite interesting. They said the first thing that is wrong is they have a final authority, and that's the King James Bible. So that's the first problem they have. The next one is they love evangelizing. That's the second problem they have. Then the next one was, no, they only sing hymns. They don't want rock music in their churches and the smokes and everything. And they just kept on doing that. And, yeah, the, it was, oh, and they baptize people. They don't sprinkle them. And they went on naming all these things. And I thought, wow, thank you for making my own argument for me. And that's, and that's what they criticize, this um, IFB, I'm going to call it that, or let's say us. That's what they criticize us on, on the things that is actually true that you can clearly see from the Bible. They say, wow, they are doing this and this and this and this. And I thought, Wow, the world has got blind. But then, I don't know if you know what happened this week in a school. I won't go into um, deep detail on what they did, but there was a school that, I think it was the Matrix in Farewell or something, but they have this, all these drawings that the kids did. I don't know if you know it, but they um, drawn some satanic drawings, and it was really awful. I, I have the video, and I saw that. And I looked at it, it wasn't really that bad for me because... The Bible says things like this will happen, and I promise you, before that happened, if you went on Google and just Googled satanic children drawings, you would have found a lot more than that. But my problem was, throughout this week, this was suddenly a topic that people spoke about um, in, our, in our workplace. And the shocking thing for me was like, wow, suddenly this guy's a Christian. I didn't even know he was a Christian. And then this guy, what, are you a Christian? I didn't even know that. Because if you look at their life, It's horrible. They drink and alcohol and they sleep around, all those things. But now suddenly, now that I call them groupie Christians, they're only there if a group of Christians popped up and tried to speak of something and they feel in and say, I can also speak of this. No, this is sick. No, this is... It's actually sick what they are doing. Now suddenly they are Christians. And the sad thing is that is the extent of Christianity these days. Only when something happened, then, oh, the crowd is going that way. I'm also there. No, 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 this is bad. This is bad. But I think if God looks at that, and he sees that and he thought, well, you're actually more sick because I want, I want to say it like this. They did one sin, and then if you look at their lives, the people that now are suddenly Christians, they get drunk every night, they sleep around, they swear all these bad things, and they say, no, that's bad. For what they are doing is not that bad, but that's bad. And that, that's, that's kind of sad to see that. And just now to tie in with Francis' message this morning as well, the end time is approaching quickly. And we don't know when it will be, but if you just actually just open your eyes a little bit to the world and just see what is happening there, you also agree with me that this is happening pretty quickly. Now we can quickly turn to Matthew 9, and let's just read a few verses, and then we will have a word of prayer before we dig into this. So in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, I think you will all be familiar with this passage. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. It says, Then saith he unto his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's have a word of prayer first. Father, we thank you again that we can meet a third time here tonight in your house, Lord. And 
We want to ask that you come and meet with us, Lord. Otherwise, this will be useless, Lord. We want, I want you to step in, Lord, and take me out of the picture, Lord, and speak to the people tonight and speak to my heart as well, Lord. Give us open ears to hear, Lord, and be with us throughout this sermon. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, that ties in with that fact I stated, that there are more people alive than had ever lived. And if you take that and take the Christians decrease, the Bible-believing Christians decreasing, then I don't want to know if Jesus had a chance to change this verse, what it would sound like now. Because back in the days he said this. And imagine him, he must restate that um, statement now. Because the harvest truly is much more plenteous. Because back in the days, the, decrease, uh, the increase in population wasn't that big when Jesus was alive on earth. But this last 200 years, it increased with, by 5 billion people, the earth. So I don't want to even know what Jesus would have said now. But the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Now, the title of this message is God's Final Call. That's the title of this message. Now, you are in Matthew. You can turn to Matthew 22. And let us see what... Now, this message might not be long. And you, at the end, I'll you will see why I say it's not long. I try to make this message longer and the Lord keep on reducing it. And we will see why that is. Now in Matthew 22, I did say that, verse 14, it says, For many are called, but few are chosen. And now turn back to Matthew chapter 7, quickly just to get the setting started here. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, as well and you all will be familiar with this passage as well it says enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat verse 14 because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it now I think if you have been witnessing even just one to one person you, you understand why um, Jesus are making the statements because that is what is true. I mean, how many times we get out with how many tracks have you passed out, but how many people actually got saved through that? Because this people's heart are so, the people's hearts are so hardened these days. Now, I have about four points about God's final calling, God's final call in the Bible. And we can, I'm just going to, you can turn to Luke 23. And while you're turning there, Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 5, verse 32, it says, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So that was Jesus' um, main purpose on earth. He, he came for sinners. And I'm very glad he did because I think most of us here, well, all, all people in the world were sinners at that time. So that's kind of funny statement in itself because these people thought they were righteous. But he said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And I think maybe some of the people standing there and say, oh, so Jesus didn't come for me, but <laughs> nonetheless, he did come for all of us. But let's get the story in Luke 23. Now, this is, we're going to pick it up in verse 33, uh, 39. And this is where Jesus was on the cross. And this is where the one criminal that was next to him started speaking to him. And it says in verse 39 of Luke chapter 23, it says, and one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, 
save thyself and us. But the other answer, answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deed. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now this is one, I want to say that was that guy's final call. That was at the last moment. And that's, well, that's another attribute or characteristic of Jesus. He's never too tired or too busy to save, to get a um, sinner saved. I mean, he was busy dying. And he said, no, what? I'm not going to die now. Because the next verse, it was um, when, when it all started and then he died. But before that, he said, no, I'm not going to die now. There's someone who needs to get saved. And he was not too busy to get saved. But nonetheless, this was this sinner's final call. And Jesus calls sinners. And this is one aspect in life. Um, well, this is one place in the Bible where it's the final call. God's final call. Now, you can turn to Revelation 14. So I'm just taking about four places in the Bible where it's the final call of God. Now in Revelation chapter 14. Now if you have been through discipleship, you will know what this will be in verse 6. And this is the everlasting gospel. Revelation chapter 14 verse 6. It says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give, him gl- and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Now, if you know where we are in the Bible, this is right at the end of the tribulation, when Jesus, about, we don't know, about maybe a few hours, half an hour, maybe a day, because it says, well, it says the hour of His judgment is come. So it's really close, and He gives them one final call to actually come to repentance. And at that time, the body of Christ is gone, but they get a chance to enter into the millennium and also, I want to say, be saved. So this is also another place in the Bible where we see God's final call to people. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, So the two previous ones was God's final call basically to lost people. And now this one, if you know this passage in 51, verse 51, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now that is the rapture if you... If you know this passage, and what a great um, day or moment that will be, that moment in twinkling of your eye, and suddenly poof, and when you open your eyes, there's Jesus. You're standing in the cloud on nothing, and you can suddenly fly and see him, and what a glorious day that will be. And I think we, that is also tying into Francois' message this morning. We are looking forward to that, and we need to be ready for that. But this is God's final call for saved people. Or let me state it this way, this will be God's final call. So now the question is, what is our final call now? You can turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Now this is actually what I want to preach about. Acts chapter 1. 
And verse 8, now this is the moment before Jesus went to heaven. Acts 1, chapter 8. And he said, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And then, so the next moment, Jesus went up with a cloud to heaven. Now that is our final call today, to preach the gospel. Now we can get that in Matthew 28, where Jesus also stated that, and in, and in Mark chapter 16. And that is our final call to a safe person now. One day the final call will be the rapture. But now the final call is to preach the gospel. Now, I want to take you back. Okay, you don't have to go there, but remember I, I read the Matthew 22:14, which says, For many are called, but few are chosen. Now I want to... I saw this, these verses throughout this week and the week before a little bit differently. I saw that in a saved person's eyes. And I saw, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, think on that. I mean, we preach, and we, in this church especially, we, need, we preach the whole time, go and preach the gospel. And that means you all are called, but only a few go and do that. So I see that verse differently. And, in, and again in Matthew 7, verse 13, where it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which by in thereat. I also see that in a sense of a safe person's eye. Because you can go throughout the Bible, there's a lot of verses that don't apply to you specific, specifically, but you can learn a principle there. And I see that as well, that the narrow gate, the, the gate, the gate is so narrow that for people to go and witness, but wide is the gate to just go on and just go your daily life and just go through the motions. And that's sad to, that's really sad to see that and because our calling is to go and preach the gospel. And like I said, for many are called, but few are chosen. And I want to say chosen in the sense of not many go out to witness. <coughs> I want you to turn to, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 20, which says, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man, wherein he is, called therein abide with God. Now, this passage is not talking about what I'm talking about now. It's just say, where you are in life, if you're called to be an engineer, or be this or be that, stay there and abide there where the, where the Lord has called you to. But I want to not twist the scripture, but just see it in another sense of this passage. Where it says in verse 20, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Now, that we get um, in Second Thessalonians 2 verse 14, where it says, Whereunto he called you by our gospel, to the, to, to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, whereunto you are called by our gospel. Now, I want to tie that in with this passage. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. We should abide in the gospel. We should keep on preaching that. Because as we've seen now, all the statistics, this is the final 
the last, I want to say the last sprint of this life for humanity. Oh, well, uh, well I want not humanity because there will be a tribulation, but I don't think you want to live in that. So I want to say that it, it will be the end of humanity. But we need to abide in this calling of Christ. Now, <coughs> I have a few points where God's final calling will apply to you. Now, I first want to, the first one is a sinner's final calling. Like the one on the cross, every sinner gets a final calling. If he takes it or if he don't take it. Because if it's your final calling and you receive Christ, then your final calling is gone and then you have a new calling. But if you keep on receiving the gospel and people presenting it to you and you don't accept him and you die, then you had a final calling. You had a last chance to get saved. Like the um, thief on the cross. Now you, you can read it with me in the hymn books. Um, Song 250 if you want to. But the title of this hymn is God's Final Call. Now I'm just going to read it to you. It says, Someday you'll hear God's final call to you to take His offer of salvation true. This could be it, my friend, if you but knew God's final call, God's final call. How can you live another day in sin? Taking someday with Christ you will begin. Oh, will you hear above the world's loud din? God's final call, God's final call. If you reject God's final call of grace, you'll have no chance your footsteps to retrace. All hope will then be gone, and doom you'll face. Oh, hear his call, oh, hear his call. Now, that was quite, I want to say in a way, a scary hymn if you're not saved. To think about that, you have that one final chance. And if you, if you are a sinner tonight and you haven't received Christ tonight, this might be your last call from God, this sermon. I'm not, I, don't, I don't speak, I don't want to speak death over you, that you are going to die or something will happen, but maybe God will come back. Maybe Jesus will call us in the rapture the second we leave here. And this might be your final call tonight. So this might be God's final call to you if you are a sinner here tonight. Now think about that. What if it is in the next hour, the end of, well, the rapture or maybe of your life? We don't know. We don't know what will happen in the future when your death will, um, when your death will be. But don't let this chance slip. Don't let God's final call be a bad one for you in the sense that you didn't take it. Because I don't want to stand there in front of God and to say, oh, and, he's, and He tells you, like Gareth mentioned this morning, depart from me. I think that must be the worst time in your whole life if you're not saved. That must be, you think now this life might be bad. Maybe there are a lot of people that are not saved that has a bad life throughout this life. They are miserable and all those things. But if, if they think that's miserable, one day to stand there before God and try, uh, maybe, well, ties also again into Gareth's message this morning about truth. The truth is that God is also just and He, he can't let a sinner into heaven. And people might think, yeah, but God, is, God will forgive. Yeah, he will, while you're on earth, He can forgive you if you accept His Son. But one day when you're up there with Him and your life has ended, then there's no more chance for you. Because that is the truth. You will go to hell. And it might seem, no, I'm harsh or that. Well, that's what the Bible says. I'm sorry about that. Well, that's the first thing, a sinner's final call. But I now want to take it to our, we are who are saved. You can be that sinner's final call. Or not. Now, God gives sinners enough chance to get saved. Throughout their life, He will try to get people to tell them the gospel, that they will hear the gospel. Well, 
Sometimes maybe they're in a far country and they will never go someone past. But if they die, God has a system in place. If you have done discipleship, the dispensations, and then that number two, that is just the conscience. God has a system to judge people that haven't heard the gospel. But you can be that sinner's final call. Now, I want to say that, but, but you, could ha- you could have been an extra chance for that sinner. Let's say that sinner has a chance now to get saved and he doesn't accept it. And he goes on in his life and then suddenly you can meet him on the path but you don't feel like it today. And he walks past you and then the next moment he dies. You could have been that sinner's final call. To, I want you to think about that. What if, that what, if, what if he heard the gospel throughout his whole life, that sinner, but never really grabbed hold of it or, and then you could be his tipping point. That just that moment, you just that extra moment, think, wow. And then suddenly he can get saved. But what if you let that chance go? What one day you stand there and he comes before God and tries to explain his way out and you see him and so, I could have actually mentioned that. I could have actually just mentioned God again to him. I'm not saying he might got saved, but I don't think you want to be that guy that could have been that guy's last call. You don't want to let that chance go. And then another point is this might be your last chance to make that final call to another person. What if throughout this week something happens to you and you're no more? You're up there in heaven and you haven't taken the chance to just witness one more time. What if God gives you a few more chances this week and then let's say Friday something happens, you're up there in heaven and he says you had one more week left and you didn't take that final call. You could have taken that final call to someone. Now, in Hebrews 3 verse 13, it says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today. So, I know that is, in a way, to exhort one another daily. But you can exhort a sinner as well. You can tell him about the good news and he can get saved. And I think his day will be, I don't think there's words to describe. I mean, heaven will start rejoicing and, if you have seen someone get saved, they just jump around and there's just that bright shining smile in his face. And that's a glorious thing to see. But the, the verse says, while it is today. Now, I want to tell you a story and in a way I'm a little bit ashamed of it. But I, want, I don't want you to make the same mistake. Now, previously this year, we went on holiday, but about two weeks before we went, God told me no, because I am preaching at my workplace, so... Every Friday morning, 150 people sit there and they hear what I have to say to them. So, in a way, I'm doing, I am preaching the gospel. I've preached it a few times there now. But then God told me, you know what? Go tell this one lady. Go tell her how to get saved. And I thought, you know, I'll, I'll do that, I'll do that. And obviously, the day got busy and I didn't. Went to her and I thought, well, and I started talking to her, but just in a general sense. And then the day before we left, the day I was finishing up because I had to leave at, I think, 12 o'clock, and I had to run, and she actually helped me to get all my things done quickly, all my things handed in. And I told her, no, I'll take pictures, and when I'm back, I'll show you everything. And I thought, well, then that will be a great chance to tell her. I mean, I can tell her where we was, and this is amazing, but heaven will be amazing. And I thought, I had this whole plan. And the day we were well, on the way back, when we were at the airport in another country, I got Wi-Fi. And then I saw a message, she died. Now, that, that, that really broke my heart. And every morning 
when I unlock, when I go on, I sign in, and I walk to my office, I have to walk past her office and just see that empty desk there. Now, that's not, that's not nice to know that, and I, 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 had, I did let that chance slip. Now, I don't know if she might be saved. I don't know that. I hope she really is. But constantly, every morning, I get reminded of that now. Every single morning when I go to work, I sign in, and when I walk past her, past her office, and I don't know if God planned it this way, but I don't know why that is, but that's the only office that never gets locked. There is, there's a lot of, um, oh, there is other people now in a spot, obviously, but that door is always open for some reason. And because they never lock the office. All the other offices, every single office in, in, that, in, in our company locks, the, locks their doors. But for some reason, the three people that's in that office never close the door, never locks it. So every morning that door is open. And I said, because she was always there at 6 o'clock and I always come at 7. So every morning I did saw her and did, did greet her. But now I have to walk there every morning past and just saw the desk, see the desk and see, I let the chance slip. Now, I don't think we really understand the importance and power of the gospel. Now, I might have thought I wanted to do it, but to want is not doing it. You can have the great, the perfect in, intentions in your heart and say, no, I, I will do this, I will do it. But if you keep on saying, well, it didn't happen yet. You understand that? Like I said earlier, one day the rapture will be our final calling. It hasn't happened yet. That's why that word will is there. So yes, I will do that, I will do that. Do it while it's today. Don't let the same thing happen to you. Maybe it has happened to you. Maybe a family member or someone close to you have passed away and you thought... I just had one more week or one more day I, I wanted to tell that person. Because it's really a sad thing to know that maybe I could, could have been that sinner's final calling and that could have been the tipping point. And I guess I don't even know if she was saved. I don't think that if I saw the way she lived and other things, but now I have another chance and from that moment I, I never let the chance slip again. Because I promise you, you don't want to feel that. That is not a nice feeling inside. And like I said, I'm telling you that because everyone makes mistakes, but don't make it twice, I promise you. Well, if you made it the first time, if you have done that before, it's not a nice feeling inside. So don't let this final call slip this week for you. That's why I said it's going to be a short sermon. I'm quickly going to read two verses in Romans 1 verse 16. Well, let's all turn there. Romans 1 Romans 1 verse 16. And like I said, we need to really understand what the importance and power of the gospel is. And we can read this in Romans 1 verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Well, there it starts already. We need not to be ashamed of it. But then it says, For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Well, the gospel is so powerful, it can take a person, as tiny as we are, all the way to heaven in one moment. That's how powerful the gospel is. Because that is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth. Now, keep that believeth in your mind, and let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Now, this is a very familiar verse. If you have ever witnessed to someone, this must be a very familiar verse to you. Verse 13, which says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But most of the time, we have read this, but let's 
Read on a little bit further. He says in four, verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now, it says that, that um, in verse 15, the first question, it says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? Well, this is in Romans 10. That where we were sent is in Acts chapter 1, or, or if you want to go back more, in Matthew 28. That's only 28 chapters into the New Testament, and there we were been sent. So now you've, you've been sent, so go and preach. Let, let God's final call be really... That's, another, that's why I've preached this message. This is another aspect to look at it. To not just think, well, I have to go. I have to go and preach. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not feeling like it today. Well, there might be a sinner that was his last chance. And if you just went and preached the gospel, that could have been his last chance to get saved. Don't let that chance slip. <clears throat> I'm going to stop here because I want to give you the chance now. I've made it short so you can go home. Maybe there is someone in your mind now that you have thought of or God has put on your heart this, I don't know for how long maybe, that you might to reach out to. So I'm going to give you the chance as we end, end here tonight and you can go and be that sinner's final call because it might be that sinner's final call. And don't let this week also go past and maybe this is the last chance, last chance you can witness. Have you ever thought about that? If it's now your time, yes, we think, yes, glory. I know it is also glorious. If we die, then we die because then we gain. But what if it was your last chance to get, uh, get other people saved? Your last chance that you could have an impact in this life. So think about this tonight and maybe go tonight and message that someone. Maybe have tomorrow a coffee or maybe just call them and start talking to them about this glorious gospel that the power unto, of God unto salvation. So we need to grab hold of that to know that it is really so powerful because that's why you are here tonight. I mean, where would have we been if we weren't saved tonight? We won't be here. So think about that. Another person took, I want to say, their final call and brought it to you and that was your final call to get saved and you got saved. Now go help someone else as well. Amen. Let's just have a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you what you've done for us, Lord, that you came here and came to this earth, Lord, this wicked earth, Lord, to come to call sinners, Lord, to repentance. And I thank you that you came into my life and brought the gospel to me and made that one person bring that final call to me, Lord, and I want to thank you for that, Lord. And I think most of the people tonight here can also say that, Lord. Glory, we are saved, Lord. And that's a wonderful thing, Lord. But help us now this week, or I want to say this next moment, this next minute after we're done here, Lord, that we think about that someone that you put on our hearts, Lord. That we, well, I, want to, I don't want them to go through the same mistake I went through here, Lord. And it's very sad to see that every morning, Lord, but... Help me to never make, this, make the same mistake. And also for this people here tonight that heard this message, Lord, 
Might I not let that final call of you slip past them, Lord, and that they preach the gospel and put on that that shoes, Lord, that beautiful shoes of the gospel, Lord, and go and preach it, Lord, because this is our final call before the rapture, Lord, and help us to faithfully keep on preaching it, Lord, and I want to ask that you be with us throughout this week as we will go out and preach to various different people, Lord, that they understand it, and might this week, I would say a lot of people get saved, Lord, and might the church, Bible-believing churches, increase again, Lord, Father, please bless us now where we go out now, Lord, and throughout this night and bring us all safe back next week. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.